Hallo, herzlich willkommen zu Ask Lou and Lada with Burlesque on Air mit Lady Lou und Lada Redstar. Ich bin auch dabei als Co-Moderatorin Susanne. Bei Ask Lou and Lada könnt ihr eure Fragen stellen, was immer euer Herz begehrt. Ihr könnt uns Nachrichten schicken an questions.burlesqueonair at gmail.com und ihr könnt uns sogar Sprachnachrichten schicken auf Facebook burlesqueonair und eure Sprachnachrichten werden sogar hier in der Sendung ausgestrahlt. Heute gibt es nicht nur ein tolles Glamorous Hair Tutorial von Lady Lou und Lada Redstar, sondern wir haben auch noch einen besonderen Gast, der uns über Skype zugeschaltet sein wird und zwar Satan's Angel, die Burlesque-Legende. Und jetzt hallo an Lady Lou und Lada Redstar. Hello, Suzanne, and welcome back, dear listeners of Ask Lou and Lada. Let's have a naughty time together. And for those who are listening to us for the first time, Lady Lou, explain us what this show is all about. Hello, listeners, this is Lady Lou. So for those of you who are new to the show, the Ask Lou and Lada show is where listeners, that's you, can ask us whatever your heart desires. It can be about dating, sex, relationships, styling, burlesque, love, lust, seduction, or really whatever you want. Ooh la la. And you can send us your questions via email. Our email address is questions.burlesqueonair at gmail.com. Or... If you like, you can write us a message on our Facebook page or even send us a voice message, which we will air on our show. And our Facebook address is facebook.com slash burlesqueonair. So let's get on with the show. We have an exciting program for you today, which involves things such as a hair tutorial by Lou and Lada so you can get this glamorous Hollywood curls and voluminous hair. And uh, we also have, for the very first time on the Ask and Lou and Lada show, a burlesque legend. We're going to call her up for some advice and some tips on some questions that we have. And many, many more sexy surprises for you along the way. So, let's go. So, let's get started. Oh my God, this is going to be such an exciting episode. So, let's hear the first question that our friend from Sarajevo, Denia, sent us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash air, And she sent us a voice message. Let's hear it. Hi, I'm Danya. I'm calling from Sarajevo, Bosnia and Herzegovina. I would like to ask you a question. Did anyone judge you because of your job and the things that you do and what you actually are? Not everyone knows what burlesque's about. And by the way, I love your style. I think people appreciate your work that actually know what burlesque is about and are maybe more informed. Um, and I love the passion that you put into your work and all of your shows. You're a great artist and way to go. Ja, Wahnsinn. Also wir haben sogar Hörer aus Sarajevo. Sarajevo. Yeah. Wow, the show is getting big. Mm -hmm. Und Danja aus Sarajevo hat gefragt, ob euch jemals jemand dafür verurteilt hat, für diesen Job, den ihr macht und wie die Leute über euren Job denken. Thank you for calling us for such exotic lands and we're very happy to answer to your question. So, very interesting. But I mean, in a way you answered yourself because you said, we love you, we adore you and we understand what you do and you really give us an inspiration. So I think that so many people actually understand what we do and they understand that it's uh, nothing so scandalous actually. And even if it was, I mean... Uh, woman that it's satisfying her life it's a happy person and a happy person is a person that give and inspired others so i think in general people love what we do and nobody judges so much what do you think 
Well, I've had a few different experiences uh, because, of course, I'm coming from a place where I am a mother. And uh, when my son started to go to kindergarten, for example, this is a whole different world than the burlesque <laughs> world, the mums on the playground. So at first, I wasn't really sure how to approach the topic of, so what do you do? Um, and in the beginning, I just gave them a few clues. Um, I didn't tell them everything. And I thought it was important for them to get to know me first as a person without knowing Lady Lou. Um, and once they got comfortable with knowing who I was, then I started to reveal slowly parts of my other identity. And this was the striptease of your job persona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I tell you what, most of the mothers loved it. They loved hearing the stories. They loved imagining themselves coming to an event. Some of them did come to an event. Uh, there was one mother who... One would yes mother. there's always the one mother <laughs> the tone and of your voice already she, uh she i thought she didn't like me because of uh, i was a burlesque performer she always sat there with her arms crossed legs crossed didn't look at me didn't talk to me and always gave me the cold shoulder and i thought okay well she's not dealing with that information so well but one day at my workshops I, uh, the doorbell rang. I opened the front door to greet my student and there she was standing in the doorway and I almost fell over. I was like, what, what are you doing here? And she said, please help me. I've got two children. I've got no excitement in my life, no glitter, no glamour. Please. I opened my arms up wide and said, come to me. Come. Let's have fun and forget everything and have fun. And she had a great time. Uh, and then we went back to the playground scenario and she went back to that same cold shoulder, arms folded, legs crossed, not really looking at me, but we still had that little wink in our eye, that little like nod of, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So, but what I learned from that is people's reaction to it is not often about what they think about what you do. It's about what they think of themselves. So, and just their physical reaction or the stupid things that they might say is not really how they feel. Um, so you should just not take it too personally. Just be proud of who you are, what you do, and uh, really just go forward and um, they will come around eventually. Perfect. Wow. And I think that uh, the way that we present ourselves to people is actually what they give us back. So if you are there open-minded and with a smile and saying, yes, I am a burlesque stripper. How amazing is that? They're going to say back, wow, it is amazing. If you say it with a low voice and maybe not sure what you're doing, they're going to start judging you eventually. So I think it's as well a way of, I mean, in your everyday life as well. How do you present yourself and that's yeah. how you're going to receive the reactions mm-hmm. back? Yeah, maybe no matter what kind of job you have. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, of course there are situations in life where doing burlesque is, is really not accepted. Uh, for example, years ago I was performing um, with a girl and she revealed to me backstage that she actually was a policewoman working high up in the police department, a very responsible job there. And she, of course, could not reveal that she was a burlesque performer, but she was so passionate about performing and she said she couldn't imagine her life without it that she just went ahead and did it anyway. And if the people found out about it that she worked with, she said for sure she would lose her job. She wouldn't be able to work for the police force again. So, she, But she was brave enough to create uh, a disguise, her burlesque alter ego, where she wore wigs um, and a lot of uh, makeup. And, uh, yeah, she really had a double life, um, even to the extent where she was performing at a show and one of her colleagues walked in. She almost dropped to the floor. Oh, my God, this is it. They're going to know. Oh, my God. This was before the show, and she thought, okay, what am I going to do? She thought, okay, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to walk past him. I'm going to stand right next to him, 
If he recognizes me, then I'm just going to say I'm here to see the show and I'm not going to perform. If he doesn't recognize me, then I'll perform. So she went out there and he didn't even look twice at her, didn't recognize her one second. So she thought, okay, I'm going to do it. She was brave enough to get on that stage. He was sitting in the front row watching her perform. She did the whole act. He didn't even recognize her. She turned up to work on Monday <laughs> with a little smile, said, oh, hi. Mm-hmm. So how was your weekend? <laughs> said, oh, fine. How was yours? Fine. And on she went with her day. But, um, I mean, that's extreme circumstances. And it's unfortunate that women still these days can't um, do what they like outside of work, especially if it's ooh, sexual. Um and have the freedom to do that. Unfortunately, we're still living in times where this is a taboo. But there are ladies who are just going out there and doing it anyway. So I applaud her, love her so much. And um, yeah, it's yeah. a really inspiring story. And it's up to all of us to change this situation nowadays. So, so it's up to you, Dania, as well to be yourself and not just show to the world how amazing you are in just being yourself, whoever you are and whatever you do. Lada hat nicht so viele negative Erfahrungen gemacht, also eigentlich hat sie gar keine erwähnt. Lady Lou, ja, bei ihr war es etwas anders. Sie hat ja ein Kind und im Kindergarten haben die Mütter äh, etwas differenziert reagiert. Also eigentlich mochten alle Mütter das, was sie macht, aber eine war dabei, sie war etwas skeptisch. Doch dann am Ende ist sie doch in Lady Lous Workshop aufgetaucht und hat selbst etwas Bolesk gelernt. Also zusammengefasst kann man sagen, dass man selbst an den Reaktionen von den anderen Menschen nicht genau sagen kann, ob sie das tatsächlich gut finden, was man macht oder ob sie vielleicht sich mit sich selber einfach nicht komplett wohlfühlen. Und dann hat Lady Lou noch eine interessante Geschichte erzählt von einer Polizeibeamtin, die in ihrer Freizeit auch Burlesque Performance aufgeführt hat und Dabei ist sie einem ihrer Kollegen begegnet, der sie aber nicht erkannt hat und das war sehr heikel für sie und daran kann man sehen, dass es auch heutzutage für Frauen schwierig ist, wenn sie einen naja, sexuell angehauchten Job ausführen, weil es von den Männern immer noch nicht ganz so akzeptiert wird und weil gerade wenn man einen seriösen Job hat, wie bei der Polizei oder im juristischen Bereich, dann kann es eben doch Probleme geben. Ja, jedenfalls diese Polizeibeamtin ist noch einmal davongekommen und wurde nicht entdeckt. Uh, she had a deep dark secret. You'll never guess what I was doing last night. What I was doing, I was doing just right. Doing it well. But I'll never tell It's a deep dark secret I left the house about a quarter to eight I didn't want to be a minute too late Where did I go? You'll never know It's a deep dark secret And who did I meet when I walked down the street? I said I'd keep it under my hat Shining bright Oh, what a night But there's more to the tale than that So if tonight you feel like having some fun And if you promise not to tell anyone Just follow me, shh, quietly It's a deep, dark secret I said I keep it under my hat Moon shining bright Oh, what a night But there's more to the tale than that So if tonight you feel like having some fun And if you promise not to tell anyone Just follow me, shh, quietly It's a deep, secret Well, if you really want to know Shh! 
We've just listened to A Deep Dark Secret by Elizabeth Scott, and we can go on with our radio show listening to the next question that Bart from Belgium sent us. Hello, Lara. Um, we all know that you're a gorgeous and sexy lady and performer, so I believe that you must have received some naughty um, proposals. I mean, even I have naughty proposals, but that's not the question. Uh, my question is, what's the weirdest proposal you've ever had? Also die Frage von Bart lautet, was war euer bisher verrücktestes Angebot oder das verrückteste Geschenk, das ihr bisher je erhalten habt, Lada und Lady Lou? Oh my God, Bart, how sad we are to disappoint you. Actually, it's you men that are really disappointing us showgirls because we don't receive so many naughty proposals anymore. I think actually a lot of men are intimidated these days by the strength and power and confidence of a burlesque performer. And it seems that after a show that uh, it's very seldom that uh, men have the courage to approach us with uh, interesting offers. I mean... Do you have any stories, Lana? I mean, absolutely, but I mean, I'm just sending a message out there to men that are coming to our shows. You don't need any courage, you know, to send us anonymous presents in our backstages, flowers and diamonds <laughs> after our shows, you know, you can do it just anonymously, so you don't need courage, but anyway... <laughs> Well, usually we just receive uh, a compliments. And is that enough? <sighs> well, I mean, the romantic fantasy of a showgirl's life is to receive the flowers backstage and to to receive presents. I mean, I have to say, I have received a present, one present, which was lovely, a luxurious, kinky set of underwear, which was greatly received. Oh. Do you wear it? I do wear it, and I enjoy it. Every time I put it put it on, it puts a smile on my face. Do you wear it today? <laughs> today. Suzanne, maybe next time for you if you like. Uh -huh. Yeah, okay. I have I have a Turkish fan. His name is Ismet. He sends me flowers for every one of my birthdays for my big shows. But uh, apart from that, yes, I have received perfumes, but actually from girls. So I'm not receiving so many presents for men as much as I'm receiving from girls. But ah, uh, anyway, it seems like nowadays hmm, that's not happening anymore. But what about the past? At that time, the showgirls, oh my God, that was a whole different story. So this led us to making a call to one of the burlesque legends of America to tell us stories of her past. And Lada Redstar is um, in contact with a very, very talented performer called Satan's Angel. So we have a, ver a first on Burlesque on Air where we will Skype with her and she will tell us the answer to this question. But before we speak to her, just some backgrounds for the listeners. Who is Satan's Angel? Well, she started dancing in San Francisco in 1961. Her legacy is filled with legendary showgirl stories, Las Vegas stage door johnnies, and a sexuality she refused to closet. Angel has accumulated four decades worth of fascinating, colorful and riveting stories of as she traveled the globe performing the art of burlesque. Her most famous quote is, it's all about the journey, not the destination. Satan's Angel is a legend of burlesque and the queen and originator of fire tassel twirling. She has been lighting her tassels of fire over 25,000 times all over the world throughout her 40-plus career. She would sometimes twirl five tassels at a time, two on her nipples, two on her buttocks, and one on her belly button. Oh my God, this woman is amazing. She is also a pioneer of the lesbian world of burlesque. Getting fired from jobs because of her sexuality, she kept going on. Nothing was going to stop her. Maintaining her integrity as a burlesque artist, keeping the fire of this American art alive, and reigniting the love of this art in thousands and thousands of performers worldwide. She was 
always one of the top burlesque performers from yesterday to today. No one can compare to the fire and energy of her presence on stage and off stage. And it is an absolute pleasure to have this burlesque legend on the Ask Lou and Lada show with Burlesque on Air. Also wir haben einen ganz besonderen Gast heute, den wir über Skype sprechen werden und zwar Satan's Angel. Und damit ihr genau wisst, um wen es sich bei Satan's Angel handelt, gibt es jetzt einen kurzen Rückblick auf ihren bisherigen Lebenslauf. Satan's Angel hat 1961 in San Francisco mit dem Tanzen angefangen. Ihre Geschichte ist gefüllt mit legendären Showgirl-Erlebnissen. In Las Vegas hatte sie viele männliche Fans und um ihre Sexualität hat sie nie ein Geheimnis gemacht. Angel ist vier Jahrzehnte lang um die Welt gereist und hat dabei faszinierende und bunte Stories erlebt, als sie als Burlesque-Performerin aufgetreten ist. Ihr berühmtestes Zitat lautet, es dreht sich alles um die Reise, nicht um das Ziel. Satan's Angel ist eine Burlesque-Legende und die Queen und Erfinderin des Feiertessel Twirlings. Sie hat ihre Tessels über 25.000 Mal angezündet und das über 40 Jahre lang. Manchmal hat sie fünf Tessels gleichzeitig brennen lassen, zwei auf ihren Nippeln und zwei auf ihren Pobacken und eines auf ihrem Bauchnabel. Sie ist auch ein Pionier als lesbische Burlesque-Performerin. Sie wurde von diversen Jobs gefeuert wegen ihrer Sexualität, aber sie hat weitergemacht. Sie hat ihre Integrität als Burlesque-Künstlerin bewahrt und das Feuer dieser amerikanischen Kunst am Leben erhalten. Und nicht nur das, sie hat die Liebe für diese Kunst in tausenden Burlesque-Performern weltweit neu entfacht. Sie war immer eine der Top-Burlesque-Performerinnen von damals bis heute. Niemand ist vergleichbar mit ihrem Feuer und ihrer Energie und Präsenz auf und abseits der Bühne. Also wir sind sehr glücklich, sie heute hier in der Sendung zu haben. Satan's Angel. And it's the moment now. It's time to have our burlesque legend on air. We have a new session now on uh, Ask Lady Lou and Lada uh, radio show. And it's the naughty talks with a legend. And tonight we have... The most fiery legend of all, Saturn's angel. And she's here with us to talk about all the naughty experiences she had back in the days. Hello, Satan's angel. Are you there with us? Would you, first of all, my name is not Satan's angel. You, you just said Satan's angel. Satan. That's my Yugoslavian accent. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Satan's Angel. Welcome to Burlesque on Air. Yeah, welcome. We are super excited to have you here. Well, I'm super excited to be here. And we actually need your help for this question because uh, one of our listeners sent us a voicemail question saying, have we had any naughty proposals from one of our fans? And actually, sadly, I haven't had so many. And uh, Lada's had some, but not so many. And so we thought we would call you up for your expert opinion and stories, because I'm sure you've got a lot of stories to tell about your past and some naughty offers you've had from fans. So please, please share with us. Let us dream, because us girls nowadays, we don't have these pleasures in life of men getting crazy about us. So what was like, for example, the biggest gift that you ever receive from a fan? Gift? Oh, my gosh. I don't... Uh, uh, you were telling me... bought me... Well, no, I do have the biggest gift. Bobby Darren, the singer and actor... <laughs> uh, of course, it was passed a long time ago. Uh, he bought me a townhome, which is like a what? condominium, but it's <sighs> a, a home with a two-car garage, sunken living room, built-in vacuum cleaner system along the wall, <laughs> blue wallpaper. I mean, this at that time there was probably about $8,500,000, and he bought it for me. So that was actually the biggest gift. That wow. I ever received. And what's that? I, we, used, we used to do crate, 
crazy things. Yeah, we it was, I was about... Stage door Johnny's. You don't have stage door Johnny's that mm. stand out there, all these men, when you walk out the back door of the theater or the cabaret. Not at all. With gifts and, and bottles of fine wines and perfumes and <sighs> diamonds and roses. And <sighs> it's just, uh, you don't have that now. That's all gone. I'm so jealous. You're making me so jealous. They came for us to, to, when they sat in the front row, or they sat in the audience, they were there to be teased, tortured, tantalized, made <laughs> hot and they went home and screwed the shit out of their wives. <laughs> so you were a sort of a aphrodisiac for the, sure. for the normal couples. Well, I, I used to work Alaska a lot, and, and uh, I started in the 60s. I worked there in the 70s and, and the early 80s. And I always went up there because sometimes they didn't have money, you know, but they had gold nuggets. You know, like one time I was on stage <laughs> and this guy, this, this old minor prospector, you know, digging for gold type looking gorilla guy. You know, he came running down the aisle of the of the cabaret's seating area, and he was screaming, ah! and he had these two great big huge bear <laughs> hunting rifles, big, big hunting rifles, and I and I was standing there in my pasties and my G-string going, holy shit, the man hates my show, he's going to kill me, oh my god, I'm looking left and right, and I'm panicking, you know, and he runs up to the edge of the stage and he slams those guns down on the stage and he goes i'm sorry angel i don't get paid till next week but i wanted to give you a tip anyway here take my rifles uh, so i had a thousand dollars at that time of course and two big hunting rifles and then one guy uh gave me the pink slip to his pink cadillac convertible if you can imagine that in the 60s in alaska i mean uh, a guy gave me a white Bear fur rug. I, uh, a guy gave me a Great Dane. <laughs> a Great you? Dane. So how, how? I drove up in this two hundred and fifty thousand dollar vehicle, which is called a Greyhound bus. I took a bus to Alaska and drove out with you know fifty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars worth of stuff. I had a Great Dane in the passenger seat of my Cadillac and. Rifles hanging out and all kinds of stuff like furs. I mean, people were giving me huge jars of caviar, you know, homemade, like a, like a big jam jar. Oh my gosh! How are I you even so bringing? How are you even bringing all this home after your gigs and your tours? Well, I drove over the line. See, it was pretty easy then to cross over into Canada. It wasn't <laughs> like it is now to fly, you know, to cross the borders. You know, so, I mean, here I am, you know, this gorgeous woman, and I'm sitting there with a, you know, a huge Great Dane with guns and rifles and furs and, and all kinds of Indian carvings, carvings, whalebone carvings. I mean, it was crazy. And I would just uh, show him my driver's license, and he'd look at me and just wave me by, go on next, and another car would roll up. You can't do that now. You can't take the ivory or the bone from there, and you know they don't allow you to carry guns across. But those were the old days when we trusted people. Yeah. So what happened to the pink Cadillac? This pink Cadillac is really exciting our minds. So what happened to the car? Well, I lived in Las Vegas, so you know uh, I moved from San Francisco in '69, and I was living in Las Vegas, so. When I drove into Las Vegas, I was looking pretty snazzy. <laughs> snazzy. I mean, I, I have to tell you this one story. Uh, I went to work, oh my gosh, it was in St. Paul, Minnesota. Very, very, very cold. And a lot of our, which really isn't a true terminology in the northern countries of Europe, because northern really means like Finland, Lapland, yeah. and stuff like that, but these 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 uh, sw uh, Swedish people and Danes and uh, people from Holland they would all move to that area you know Minnesota Wisconsin because it was like home 
So I'm working in this theater, and it's my very, very first time to work a, a big theater. And I came up there in a rabbit fur coat that went down to my ankles. <laughs> and that was the, the most warm thing I had to wear. So I'm getting ready to go on. I'm in my own dressing room, and this big box comes. And I open up the box because it's a gift from somebody in the audience. And in it is this fur stole, this fox fur stole. And I'm like, uh, I read the card, and he was like, will you have Chinese food after work with me? You know, my name is, um, you know, Paul Weinstein. He was this Jewish furrier. He had this fur. <laughs> and I, I put the card back in and, fold, and he put the fur back in. I said, send it back. I, I, I don't date old old men, you know, because I'm a... <laughs> You know, I'm like 20 years old or 22. I mean, what, what do I want with a 70-year-old guy, you know? So you could even choose at that time. Oh, yeah. So the next night, same thing. The box comes. I open it up. Now it's a fox jacket. <laughs> so I put it back in, and then in the card I write, he still asking me for go out for Chinese food. And I write back. I said, well, when you start sending me the minks, honey, I might think about it. Ah! <laughs> You know, I'm just being a smart ass. Cause I know he's not going to do that because Meek is much more expensive. Than <laughs> so the next night, here comes a three-quarter length, you know, to your thighs, uh, sable mink coat. What? I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. So to make the story short, for the seven nights I worked there, he gave me a a floor length, a knee length, a thigh length. He gave me fox jackets, fox stoles, mink stoles. I got seven furs out of him. And uh, <laughs> come, come Saturday night, show closes. I went back to the hotel, got some sleep, packed up my stuff, and moved on to the next town. So he didn't even get his Chinese food with you. Nope. Didn't even get a kiss out of me. I mean, I still have a pair of sapphire and diamond earrings. This is a great story. Diamonds, okay. Yeah, because this young guy, and I actually have pictures of this one. This is really awesome. Uh, I had taken pictures with him, and he was a young, young guy. And I didn't mess around with young guys because they're all full of it. They don't know what they're doing sexually. <laughs> I don't really want to be with them because I'm gay, you know. <laughs> I'm only with them for what I can get out of them. But I'm, not, but I'm not a prostitute, you know. I don't sell myself. But, you know, if you're bringing me, if you're buying me a $1,000 bottle worth of champagne, yeah, I'm going to sit and talk to you, and yeah, I'm going to go to dinner with you. Well, this, this young guy just kept bothering me and bothering me, and I had a two-week gig, and it was at the Place Pical in Miami Beach, Florida. This is where Dixie Evans, the grand dame of the Miss Exotic World. Yes, that we miss so much. That's where she worked. She probably worked there for five years or ten years, you know. And I just missed her. I didn't even know who she was. <laughs> oh. uh, who knows what she was getting as a present. So that was yeah. completely normal, right, to get all these huge Absolutely. But some just didn't get as much as others. Did, was there like a legend between you girls of who was like like the biggest present that some burlesque girl got ever? Was there like a secret story of somebody who got something No, because huge. we didn't see... See, this is the reason why there was no animosity and no hatred or no fights, no arguments, no nothing in our day because we didn't see them because we were, the, we were stars. So we were always working at the same time. We didn't yeah. have stories. And the girl that was your uh, co-feature or your held over by popular demand... And then you had your regular exotic dancers. Well, some of them got them and some of them didn't, you know. Mm -hmm. But the only ones that we really knew is like if somebody, say, like, uh, you know, Lou and Lottie and I were working together, then 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 uh, if somebody gave something to Lou, you'd say, oh, what do you got, what do you got? And then you open it up and, and it would be like a little mm -hmm. diamond hanging from a gold chain. And we'd oh, go, my God. Oh, oh, you know, or something. The only ones that really knew were the ones that worked with you because yeah. we didn't see anybody to brag about it. 
Oh, but, I mean, great. people dated movie stars. They dated, they dated congressmen, senators, you know, right down to the drummer that played your music in the back, you know. All so, right. And the last question that we have for you is, uh, who was the most famous person that offered you something during your career? And was he generous? <laughs> well, I think the the biggest... The biggest, yes. Long we want big time. names. <laughs> Biggest and most long time, and at that time we, we, you know, you worked in places like Dubai and stuff like that, and in Persia and whatever. And uh, the sheiks, okay, they were the ones. Like somebody would give you a bottle of perfume, you know, they would give you a gallon of Shalimar. Oh, you know what I mean? While what, somebody what, what? was giving two point five ounces, you know. It was Rita Hayworth, right, that for her wedding received the swimming pool full of Shalimar. That was her favorite perfume, yes. There you go, you know. And <laughs> so when I left he, he the the Sheikh loved me so much, what he did was he um had a platinum ring, a side shot uh, molded and created on his portrait of his face. And then when he was wearing all his jewels that had emeralds and diamonds and salon uh, rubies and sapphires and the whole ring, I couldn't even bend my finger. It was almost down to the tip of my fingernail. <laughs> yeah. The same thing like with, uh, with Elvis Presley. He gave me, which is very uh, what? rare. <laughs> Can you repeat that name again, please? <laughs> Elvis Presley. What? <laughs> so he was, was he generous? Love to give rings, and actually, that ring got stolen from me. I had it all those years, all those years. No one ever stole a thing from me, and I wore it to one of the uh, burlesque functions. Oh. And there's a lot of people coming in my room, and they picked up the ring, and it was probably uh, the size of a American antique silver dollar, and it was a pink coral uh, from the sea carved in a rose and it had like little dew drops of water on the rose but they were diamonds they were different colored diamonds oh, wow. I do have an actual picture of me when I first came out as a legend wearing the ring and you can see the ring oh how beautiful what a wonderful story all right it was such a pleasure to share these moments with you and we are completely pleasure dreaming with our eyes open that those things could happen to us nowadays but unfortunately i think there's no hope yeah oh well you never can tell it might it might change the better you know <laughs> again thank you so much saint and angel for sharing your really interesting entertaining stories and we will be sure to call you again if we have any questions that we need your expert advice on so you will hear from us again very soon yeah, I am your slave. I'm at your command. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It, it was amazing thank to talk you. to you. Thank you. Keep those tassels spinning. Oh, we will. Bye. I love you. Love Bye. you. Bye. We love you too. Ja, ein ganz tolles Gespräch mit Satan's Angel. Ich hoffe, ihr habt all ihre verrückten und faszinierenden Geschichten verstanden. Ich passe das jetzt nochmal ganz kurz zusammen, was sie für tolle Geschenke bekommen hat. Also sie hat natürlich viel bessere Geschenke bekommen, als es vielleicht heutzutage üblich ist. Damals, es waren halt andere Zeiten. Aber sie hat unter anderem einen Ring von Elvis Presley bekommen, der aus Diamanten und Korallen bestanden hat. Und sie hat außerdem, als sie in Alaska gearbeitet hat, zwei Gewehre bekommen, einen pinkfarbenen Cadillac und einen Hund und noch ein Haus und vieles, vieles mehr. Ja, also es ist wirklich nicht einfach, ihre vielen Geschichten ein kurzes Skype-Interview zu packen. Deswegen werden wir demnächst wieder mit ihr skypen. Und nun gibt es noch einen Musikwunsch, den sie hatte. Also was hat sich Satan's Angel denn gewünscht, Lada? So the song that Satan's Angel requested herself was born to be wild by the Steppenwolf. And she certainly did live a wild life. Get your motor running 
So now we come to the part of the Ask Lou and Lada show where we're going to answer a question with a webcam tutorial. This time we're going to answer Mary O'Bourbon's question. And she asked Lada, how do you get those beautiful Hollywood waves and those perfect curls in your hair? So let's find Lada. Where is she? Hmm. <gasps> What is it? Oh my god! Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Oh my god, is it? Is it? Oh my god, it's astronaut Lada. Come from planet Red Star. Earth to Lada. Earth to Lada. Can you reach me, Lada? Can you hear me? Lada to Earth. Lada to Earth. I can hear you, Lady Lou. Welcome, Lada. This funny thing that she's wearing on her head actually serves a purpose other than flying around in space. It dries and sets your curls, ladies. If your hair is slightly wet uh, and you need to take those curlers out, just pop that on and, uh, yeah, it really it gives it that e extra heat set. <laughs> yes, so this is one of the secrets of the showgirls. When you don't have enough time for your hair to get dry when you set your rollers on, you can use this little creature to do it faster. So now we did it. Let's go to the rollers. And I will explain you now, Lady Lou, how do I put my rollers on? <clears throat> Ready? So I divide my hair into three sections. Two on the sides, one in the back. 
So you sort of divide your sections into the same amount of hair. And I roll my uh, rollers upwards, so toward the up. And I put just a little bit of water because I think that to achieve the perfect vintage hairstyle, you only need to use natural products and actually all these chemicals that they are uh, trying to sell us nowadays. It's not the best thing, not for your hair, for the quality of your hair, but not even to achieve that vintage hairstyle because our grandmas wouldn't use those. So if you really want the original vintage hairstyle, you should use only water. And I have found surprisingly, because I wasn't believing it either, that water is the one that makes your hair, the, give your hair the most volume. And, uh, it just gives this fluffiness and as well, it lasts the longer. Who would expect that instead of using all these mousses and things with chemical inside that are, they're trying to sell us, you know, saying that's, that it's the best thing for your hairstyle and it's not. All right. So what I'm going to do now, ah, one thing, I keep my hair uh, on set for about four or five hours and that's enough actually. So you don't have to keep them on for the whole night. And as you can see as well, I don't put my rollers on so regularly. It's okay if some hairs are out. It's okay if it's a little bit messy. It doesn't matter. The uh, final result is going to be amazing. So I'm going to take my rollers off. So as you can see, one, one thing is that I use those uh, hard plastic rollers, which are much better than the sponge rollers, because the sponge rollers dry your hair too much. And this really keeps your hair healthy. And as well, uh, you, you, you have to keep the set up for much less time. So, okay. So now, uh, the actual real secret of my hairstyle, which is the final result, is certainly not going Surely to be this careful. one. <laughs> okay, so it is the brush the ladder red star brush which has longer things here and then those shorter ones that are actually going to be to sh get your hair really shiny and they're gonna going to get your those perfect perfect curls so the secret of the perfect uh hollywood waves is the brush i remember once scotty the blue bunny do you hear me there he made fun of me in the backstage because i was brushing my hair for so long hmm. and then when he saw the final result he actually came and apologized. I mean, can you imagine Scotty the Blue Bunny apologizing to somebody and he did it? That's how perfect my hair was. So I'm going to brush my hair at least a hundred times until those waves are not perfect. So you just brush and brush and brush and work that way and work that wave until it's perfect. I'm going to work my waves. And this is the real secret of the showgirls. As you can see, Suzanne, I hope you're studying and watching yeah. because that flat hair that next time it's not happening here in, in my studios. <laughs> so as you can see, my curls, can you get a bit closer, Suzanne? Look how perfect they are. Look at this shine. Uh -huh. Look at this volume. This is like even L'Oreal doesn't, des doesn't deserve better than this. Ah, all right, but as you can see, I still have those little uh, fluffy hair all around, and that's quite ugly, isn't it? Because we want this Hollywood shine, and I'm going to I'm going to achieve it this way actually. So I'm going to just brush it once again. As you can see, I'm working the brush in order to achieve the curl that I desire. So if I wanted a little bit more curly here, I'm going to brush here, as, as you can see. And mm -hmm. then I brush them again and again, unless it, uh, until it's, it's not perfect. So to eliminate all these little hair, I'm actually not going to put my hairspray on my hair, but I'm going to put my hairspray on, on my brush like this. And then I'm going to give it a last brush. And this last brush with the with the hairspray on the brush, it's going to eliminate all these little hairs that are bothering me there and make it so shiny and it's just going to give this final touch to those to those waves and a little bit tiny more of the hairspray and you press them down <coughs> i know i i know it's a i know it's a very hard life and i, I you know, my my natural habitat, it's not easy. I know, it's, so I it's not the cigarettes and drinking that's exactly. going to kill us, it's the hairspray. <laughs> All right, so get, my, get a little bit closer, Suzanne, and I'm going to turn very slowly and just enjoy the shine of these waves, enjoy the sensuality of them, like the curves of a sexy woman. Are you in ecstasy? Are you not in ecstasy yeah, now? Totally, yeah. There it is. So that was how to achieve the Lada Red Star hair in about 
Five to ten minutes. That was it. Very Amazing. simple, isn't it? Amazing. Yes. Wow. Fabulous, Lada. Thank you for your tutorial and your hair. It's so exciting. Which brings us to the next song, You Excite Me, by the hairstyling legend Rita Hayworth. just listen to You Excite Me by Rita Hayworth. And let's go to our last question of the show. And it's a voicemail question from Jacques from Vienna. Hi, Lada. Hi, Lady Lou. How are you gorgeous ladies? First, I just wanted to congratulate you on your fabulous show and the great concept. I really just love it. And as far as for my question, I just wanted to ask you, um, what do you think about the conflictation of burlesque and boylesque and just calling it burlesque? Because I think at the end of the day, we are all living the same passion and trying to prove that burlesque is an actual worth being um, accepted art form and that it shouldn't be about the gender, but about the artist. And do you think that male performers have to try harder in their performances than the girls in burlesque? I really hope to see you all in Vienna in May at the Boylesque Festival of Vienna. And yes, I know it's called Boylesque Festival, but it's open for mentioned before reasons to all genders because, well, Vienna was and will always be a bit crazy and different. So, gros bisous, Jacques Patriac. 
Jacques aus Wien hat gefragt, ob Lady Lou und Lada Redstar es für richtig halten, dass wenn ein Mann Burlesque performt, es in die Kategorie Boylesque fällt oder ob alles unter dem Begriff Burlesque laufen sollte. Und außerdem hat er sie gefragt, ob es Männer schwerer haben in der Burlesque-Szene. So, thanks, Jacques, for your question. Um, and it's uh, exciting to have such an international collection of uh, questions today. So yes, that one was Belgium, from Vienna. Austria, Bosnia. Yeah. Wow. And also, uh, Jacques is um, the promoter of the Boyles Festival in Vienna, which I've heard many great things about. And this year, the headliner is going to be... Me, myself and I. Not a red, star. red star. Yes, so. I'm super excited to go. Mm. All right, so let's quickly answer to the question. And we like talking about boys and oh God, how much the boylesque boys excite us. Boys, boys, boys. I'm looking for a good time. Well, I think the title boylesque, I think it sometimes is helpful uh, and helpful term just for the audience to understand because a majority of the people they really just think burlesque is for women and as soon as you say the word boylesque it they really get it pretty much straight away without having to explain yes and boys do it as well and this and that and so i think in terms of for the audience understanding that the the word boylesque is good but but it is true that I think that boylesque uh, performers have to try much harder than women because in this particular case, a woman is so much stronger than a man because we have powerful tool that it's our sexy body and our estrogen that it's coming out like a volcano for all, from all of our pores. And our, only our presence of stage is enough to have all the jaws falling down to the floors, whether for men... They need some more skills. I mean, the art of seduction is generally thought that this is the masterful skills of a woman. And uh, a man to be a seductor is uh, in a different, it's, I don't know, to make a show out of it, it's not so easy. Exactly. So, and the audience adore all the skills like for that for example captain kid with his hula hoops or having like a particular body type like mr gorgeous for example who is like more than two meters tall so you need something very very special to be an amazing boylesque performer i mean to be a star in the boylesque world and also creativity because it's all about the big reveal boylesque performers create the reveal of the nipple pasties or the merkin but men they have to be a lot more creative and um, of the reveal of their spe special package <laughs> it's all about the gimmick of the package it's all about the size of the package as well <laughs> So, Jacques, I think, um, yes, men do have to work a little bit harder in this uh, predominantly woman's world of burlesque. But I think you're doing a great job with your festival and helping the boylesque community get stronger. So Yes, and I invite all of our burlesque performers, listeners to apply for the festival because it's really amazing and it celebrates the unification of our burlesque world if it's either boylesque or burlesque female burlesque. And we're all going to be there celebrating it from all around the world. And it's, it's going to be an amazing time for everybody. Also nach Lady Luz und Lara Redstars Meinung ist es schon nötig, dass man die Begriffe Boylesque und Burlesque trennt, denn so weiß vor allem das Publikum, dass bei einer Veranstaltung, bei einer Boylesque-Veranstaltung vor allem Männer auftreten. Und ja, Männer haben es schon schwerer in der Boylesque-Szene, sie müssen viel kreativer sein, um die gleiche Präsenz zu erreichen, die Frauen als Burlesque-Performerin auf der Bühne erreichen können. Also sie müssen sich einfach viel mehr einfallen lassen, um ihre männlichen Teile zur Geltung zu bringen. Susanne, you're getting a bit too excited about about <laughs> about these boys, huh? What? No. Yes, and yes, their packages. yes. No. Yes. So we're gonna end the show here for today, and we let Suzanne dream about the packages of the boylesque boys. <laughs> and goodbye, dear audience. See you next month. Thank you. Talk to you next month. Thank you for sending us your questions. And for those listeners out there who haven't sent any questions yet, please do. And uh, we'll see you again next month. 
We can't wait. Send us your questions on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash burlesconair, or to our email address, questions.burlesconair at gmail.com. Bye! 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 Ooh la la!